Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, has he brought you out? Has he made a difference? Come on, I don't walk like I used to walk. Come on, I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't put needles in my arms like I used to put needles in my arms. Come on, I don't smoke crack like I used to smoke crack. Come on, because he made a difference in my life. He set me free. Hallelujah. What an awesome presence of God is in this place. I love what I feel. And if I just follow after Nick Mahaney, we just, I'd preach on praise and we'd go nuts. Because when, when I'm walking, y'all, I'm running. I just want you to figure that out. And when I'm doing this, I am jumping. That's just all, I, it takes a lot to get all this off the ground. I would shatter something. That's like when they say, let's all stand to our feet. Well, there's nothing else I can stand to. You ever thought about that? But I've got something that's going to be different. I'm just going to preach to you. How about that? I give honor to pastor and bishop and your families and, and what a great man of God. I've enjoyed getting to know Pastor Varnum. He likes to laugh and that's a good thing because I laugh all the time. <laughs> right, Brother Roland? And the reason why I'm always so happy is because you should have seen me before March of 2004. You wouldn't even walk on the same side of the street as I was on. See? Told y'all. I was facing 40 to life in prison. That was my plea bargain. That wasn't much a bargain, was it? But Jesus reached down in a drug rehab. He filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when I begin to speak in another language, demons begin to tear out of my body. I felt them rip out of my body, violent demons. Come on, bigotry demons. Come on, you hear me, God didn't make a skin covenant, he made a blood covenant. You can't go to heaven being a bigot or a racist. He took that from me. Come on, I, I, I was a junkie for 20 years putting needles in my arms. But he took that from me. So every day that I'm walking with Jesus, I'm happy. Hey, there might be things that come at me. And it might get me down for a second, but I just look back. And I remember that old homeless boy that was sleeping under overpasses. And I say, thank you, Jesus. I don't deserve this. Every motel room I walk into that I'm preaching, I look around and I go, God, I don't deserve this, but I want to thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 1. Who needs healed in your body? Lift your hands. Get ready because you're about to be healed. You know how I know? Because I'm not God. I can't heal you, but he can. The doctor's trying to tell you something. Dr. Jesus is about to touch your body right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen, see you have to taste this and, and chew on it. So, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And I'm going to preach about faith 
probably in a way you've never heard it before, but that's all right. And I want you to lift your hands. Come on, by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I'm asking you to let faith begin to rise in this place because God, it's not about us. It's all about you. Lord, it's not about Nick Mahaney. It's all about you. Let me decrease right now so you can increase. I come against every dark spirit that would try to hinder this message. In the name of Jesus, I place it under my feet. Let there be a freedom of the spirit begin to flow in this place. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm asking you to touch my voice, touch my mind, and touch my body. It's an honor, Lord, to go into battle for you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Faith. What is faith? We know it's things that we hope for, but we haven't seen yet because we just read that. And that in itself can be confusing. The only thing that stood between me and college was high school. So I can get confused. And the real definition of faith, you know what it really means? Is trust. That's what it means in Greek. It's what it means in Hebrew. It's what it means in English. I don't know a lot of Hebrew. I know a little Greek. He's got a restaurant in Little Rock. But I speak English or Southern English. So faith means trusting. Trusting that God's going to make a way when it seems like there's not going to be a way. Verse 1 means that we are confident in what we hope for or trust God for and convinced by this faith or this trust that it will happen even when it looks impossible to us. Come on, even when the world says it's not going to happen, Jesus steps in. Come on, even when the doctor says it's incurable, the doctor that I love steps in. That's what faith is. And the scripture gives merit of the men and women of old that had this faith. Verse 3 tells us that with this faith we know and understand that the very universe was spoken into existence by God, not formed by anything that was already here or present, but there was nothing, there was nothing till my God spoke it into existence. My God spoke and the stars appeared up in the sky. Come on, my God spoke and the moon began to reflect the rays of the sun. My God spoke and the earth was formed. When my God spoke, water, plants, and animals began to grow and run around the earth. My God spoke and even the air that we breathe came into existence. But man was special to him. So he created us out of dust. Some of us took a little more dust. I had a holy backhoe forming the Mahaney clan. But he formed us. He shaped us. Then he breathed his breath in us. And we became a living soul. And we know through faith that there wasn't a big bang. Because it happened when he spoke that there wasn't an evolution. If you ever seen me try to climb a tree, you'd know evolution does not exist. It's absurd to think that we evolved from an ape. 
God created us. God created the earth. So faith is trusting in God and in the scripture that his word is true. And if he can speak the stars into existence, he can heal my mind. Come on, if he can speak the sun and the moon into existence, he can heal my body. Come on, if he can speak the air that I'm breathing into existence, then he can make a way when it seems like there is no way. Verse four, by faith. Don't worry, I'm not gonna read every scripture. I don't mind people looking at their watch. It's when they shake it. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And by it he being dead, yet speaketh. You see, the difference between Cain and Abel's sacrifice was the difference in faith. Abel trusted God enough to give of his first fruits and to give him his best while Cain was trying just to offer up enough to get by. God doesn't want our secondhand stuff. God wants the best that we have. And it takes faith to put God first. Come on, before you pay the light bill. Come on, it takes faith to put God first before you go to Walmart. God wants our first and he wants our best because he come and robed himself in flesh and he died upon a cross. He gave everything. So he expects us to give everything. Verse five. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, Enoch was not only a godly man, but he went on walks with God. Now, I consider myself a pretty godly guy. I walk and pray a lot and feel God, but he hadn't said, come on, bro, let's take a walk. I wished he would. And I pray that it happens. And I'm, I have faith that it could happen, but that hasn't happened yet. And matter of fact, one day God took Enoch for a walk and guess what? They're still walking. He said, come on, let's go. They've been walking ever since that scripture. But his testimony wasn't that he preached general conference. Half of them guys don't, wouldn't know it. Never mind. Praise the Lord, Brother Bernard. <laughs> he signed my license, y'all. <laughs> he wasn't known because he preached all these camps or how good he could sing. He was known to God because he pleased God. And the next verse says, without faith it is impossible to please God. You must know that God exists and know without a shadow of a doubt that he's your rewarder and that he's gonna take care of you. 
The first of March, I got canceled for eight weeks. You want to talk about woe is me. After about two weeks, my wife said, is there not anybody that'll let you preach? Because she wasn't used to me being home like this. She said, I love you, but you're driving us crazy. Here I am, pity partying. Oh, Lord, help me. Sitting on a recliner trying to, you know, get on these live stream services. And I get started on one. I don't like that song. <laughs> Y'all know you did it too. I'm just honest about it. Go to the next one. Man, that woman looks like, what is she wearing? You can't tell if she's getting in or out of it. I thought this was apostolic. Guess what? Go to another church. How can he preach sitting on that stool like that? I'm so fat, I'd fall off. That's service number three in that last five minutes. Service number four. He's preaching my message. What's it, where, do you, where do you hear that at? I, Sandra, come here. And before an hour's up, I've surfed through 10 services, not getting anything. And the enemy was sitting in the corner going, ha, ha, ha. And my faith was slowly but surely dropping. I sat at my desk and I began to pray. I said, God, I don't know how we're going to make it in March if you don't help us. Checks began to come in the mail from people I never even knew. And my bills were paid. April, I'm sitting at my desk again. You know, I'm a slow learner. Told y'all about the school situation. <laughs> Lord, I'm not going to make it through April. Well, that's faith, isn't it, y'all? <laughs> Speaking it out. Checks begin to come in the mail. It got to where I'm sitting at the mailbox. <laughs> You're late, bro. And I'm sitting at my desk in April and the Lord speaks in my ear. He says, my favor is upon you. And I want you to remember this moment for the rest of your life. You never have to worry if you'll just believe and know my favor is upon you. Now I know 2020 has not been the best, but you know what? God took care of me in 2020. <laughs> Pastor, I preached half of the sermons and made more money than I ever made in a year because I put it all in his hands and I learned to walk in faith because without faith, you cannot please God. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Noah had never seen rain before. Not one time at church did they sing, let it rain, let it rain. They'd have thought he was nuts. He had to ask God, what's rain? And he's got to go preach to all these people about rain. They're like, <laughs> he's nuts. You mean water's going to fall from the sky? <laughs> and he received this dire warning about things unseen. And he was filled with fear and awe. So he built an ark to save his house from impending danger. This act of trusting God, it not only saved his family, it condemned the world. 
this act of trusting God saved his family, but it condemned the world. He was saved and he received righteousness because of his faith. Verse eight, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. My wife and I were living finally in the nicest house we ever had. We had just gotten custody of a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a four-year-old. You ought to try that one on in your 50s. That's faith. It's faith every time I bend over to tie my shoes, let alone theirs. And God spoke to me and said, sell everything you have. I want you to go on the road. I was already preaching out, you know, evangelizing here and there. And I was at the evangelist seminar. Brother Huntley was preaching it. And I talked to Brother Huntley. I, he's a very big voice in my life. I love and admire and respect him very much. And I told him, Brother Huntley, I think the Lord told me to sell everything and buy a trailer and hit the road. He just looked at me. He said, Nick, meet me for breakfast and I'll give you an answer. The man of God went and prayed that night and was waiting on me. And when I sat down at the table, I hadn't even told my wife yet. He leaned over the table and looked at me and said, Nick, I heard from God and it's the will of God and Raleigh's going to help you. So I had to go tell my wife. Now, she'd been on her job. My wife's a teacher. She'd been on her job for 15 years. And I set her down in the house and I said, listen, got something to tell you. <laughs> now, when I say that, my wife's immediate reaction is, oh, Lord, what? I said, it's nothing bad. I don't think. I said, God wants us to sell everything, get a trailer, and travel. It was very quiet, very uncomfortable for about two minutes. I looked and a tear ran down my wife's face and she looked at me and said, if God wants me to sacrifice, I'll sacrifice. Now, we took off. We sold everything. Listen, I sold my deer rifle. A dude's serious in Arkansas when he sells his deer rifle. But what if I'd have told her God wants us to get an RV and travel but I don't know where we're going. That's what Abraham told his family. Where are we going? We're looking for a city. Okay. Hey, Siri, we're looking for a city. What city? It's builder and maker is God. She already thinks I'm crazy. But Abraham had faith and all he knew was that God had promised him this. He would live in tents. Check that one out. He would live in tents and he would look for a city built by God. And he headed out. That's faith. His wife Sarah conceived after she was old and unable to have children, but through faith, her and Abraham in their old age had a child. Then this child of faith became a test of faith to Abraham. He was told to sacrifice the child of faith. And don't you forget Isaac's faith because Isaac wasn't a boy. He was a grown man. Abraham was in his, it was around 100 years old. He could have overpowered that man, but he seen the faith that his dad walked in and said, I got faith, I'll climb on this altar. Bind me, go ahead. Think about it. Now this man of faith, when God sees he's willing to sacrifice his only son, allows him to be the father of many, many nations. See, when we get up and walk in faith, it's not just noticed by God. My grandchildren know their papa walks in faith. They've heard me praying, God, we need a miracle. 
God, I don't have food on the table. My grandson, he gets up early and he used to wait because I'd walk around the trailer praying. And we were broke one Christmas. I said, God, we need a miracle. And he comes and sits on my lap. The phone rings and the miracle happened right there. He looks at me. I said, see, boy, God listens to people of faith. Then you go to verse 13. This one's a tough one. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were just strangers and pilgrims on the earth. How tough is that scripture? They died in faith, not receiving their promise but they still kept trusting and believing God till their last breath. By faith, Isaac blessed. By faith, Joseph died and believed one day that his bones wouldn't stay in Egypt. Come on, by faith, Moses' parents put him in an ark to be saved. By faith, Moses left the house of Pharaoh. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt and kept the Passover, sprinkling the blood so the destroyer wouldn't destroy Israel. By faith, Moses and Israel passed through the Red Sea. Joshua had faith and the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, Rahab, a harlot, lived when everyone else perished, never receiving the promises. Thirty-two says, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah. That's a head scratcher. Of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And we're at verse 35 before we ever hear of anything that we in this day and time of conferences and camps, Holy Ghost crusades would call a miracle. Finally, someone raised from the dead. And if you keep on reading, you'll find out what they all went through. They were tortured. They were scourged. They were mocked. They were put in prisons. They were sawn in two. How about having faith through that one? And they were tempted. The word puts tempted right next to sawn in two. God putting them through things, beaten, imprisoned, and tortured. Wandered in deserts, lived in caves. Verse 39, and these all having obtained a good report, they were good people through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. In other words, All these people had their trust and their merit attested because of their faith. Nevertheless, they did not receive what had been promised because God had planned something better. I'm just trying to put it in English that you can understand. Better that would involve us so that only with us would they be brought to the goal. These people went through these horrible things because of their faith because they caught a glimpse of the end result and that end result involved you and me. So they just kept getting up in the morning. They just kept getting burned at the stake. They just kept being fed to the lions even though they knew they were going to be persecuted. They just kept putting one foot in front of the other and they looked out to the future and they seen us and they knew that they were striving for a goal that involved us. I've had my faith tried lately. 
I thought I understood what faith really was. And I've been blessed. I've witnessed many miracles. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears. I've had them bring them to me on crippled legs on boards overseas and just begin to pray and they jump up and run around the church, never walked before in their life. I was in California and we began to worship like this youth choir was worshiping. And this lady come by in a wheelchair and when she got about right there, the power of God hit her and she began to do the old Arkansas huckabuck. I looked at the pastor, I said, I couldn't even speak. He goes, yep, I ain't seen her walk in about 15 years. I see her every year, she's from Jamaica. You know what she says? Hey, preacher, I don't need that wheelchair no more. Cancer. Heart disease, diabetes, every kind of sickness you can imagine I've seen healed. And I've realized this year, that's just a small part of faith. And I'm thankful for every miracle and outpouring, but according to Hebrews 11, all the things I've been focused on is really the gift of faith. Not faith. It's the gift of faith. And I've been walking around thinking, man, I'm a man of crazy faith. When really, I've not even come close to what I just read to you. Not even close. There are 229 verses on faith in just the New Testament alone. And I begin to realize that people are confusing the gift of faith with faith. Last August, I was asked because of my faith to go and pray for Brother George Guy. 53 days on a ventilator. So when the family called and said, Brother Mahaney, we believe if you pray for him, it's going to make a difference. I was fired up, Pastor. I couldn't even sleep. I taught a recovery class Tuesday, and I drove all the way to Shreveport. Tuesday night, and I'm telling you, I couldn't even sleep. I was praying, God, in the name of Jesus, I just let me in there. Let me in there. And I walked in there with Sister Guy. I went into this man of God's room. Me and Brother Guy and a pastor in the Philippines, Brother Martinez, who has passed away. I FaceTimed him and we began to pray. The power of God fell in that room. It was such a peaceful presence of God, I, I very rarely had felt it that strong. And we began to sing to Brother Guy. He was aware of everything going on. He couldn't speak, but he could follow us with his eyes. And I spent the next hour singing and praying with this man of God. The COVID was gone by now, but had left behind pneumonia that had wreaked havoc on his lungs. On a vent, it hurt me to see this man that I love so much. I knelt down beside his bed and I prayed and I prayed. And I left trying to get home in time for church. But I was too tired and I stopped and I got a room and I was sitting on the edge of the bed about to lay down. And my phone rings. It's sister guy crying, Brother Nick. He just went into cardiac arrest. He didn't make it. I hung the phone up. So much for this man of faith. So much for Nick Mahaney, the evangelist, traveling the world, preaching faith, speaking faith. My faith was at its lowest. I thought they were relying on me and my faith to make a difference. And I failed the test. The enemy whispering in my ear. You see, 
I learned I was just seeing faith in a limited, but in albeit a powerful way. Seeing the men speak faith. I speak the gift of faith. Not knowing really what was happening behind that. Even mimicking things that I'd seen. And God was teaching me. And I began to study Hebrews. Then that brother Guy's funeral, brother Jeff's story got up. He told a story of how he was preaching and God spoke to him and said, go pray for brother Guy. He called the family. He said, brother Story, they're not going, they won't let nobody in. He's on the COVID ward. He said, the Lord told me to go pray for him. They'll let me in. He drove four hours. When he got there, they said, they said they'll let you on. And they put him in the suit and mask and gloves and the face shield and everything. Brother Story said, I walked in that room and when I walked in, a family said, preacher, will you pray for our father? He's right next to him. Brother Story said, sure, I'll pray for him. He said, I walked in and I prayed for Brother Guy. And I prayed and I prayed. He said, now remember, they wanted me to pray for the other guy. So I turned around and I began to pray for that man. He said, and I walked out. Brother Guy still laid there with COVID. But the next morning, the other man was gone. God had healed him of COVID-19 and walked out with his family. They were singing at Brother Guy's funeral. And I've been to a lot of funerals. I'm not a big fan of funerals. And a man from Maine, Brother Cox, he called Brother Guy's son out. You don't see that in funerals. You're about to go to hell is what he told him. Everybody goes, you need to pray back through. You ought to be ashamed looking at your daddy laying here and you lost. Boy, I looked at my wife. I said, whoo, my Lord. <laughs> David Smith was sitting right down from him. He looked at me and goes, I said. Sister Mangan began to sing and that man walked over, laid hands on Brother Guy's son. He fell back speaking in tongues. The power of God fell in that funeral. And 20 a brother Guy's family prayed through to the Holy Ghost. I've never seen anything like it. We were walking the pews, laying hands on people. They were falling out, speaking in tongues. They started shouting up and down the aisles. I realized that true faith is knowing that even after I'm gone, it's gonna live on. Even after brother Guy was gone, faith began to spill out of that casket. They begin to get healed. They begin to speak in another language. That's what faith is about. So let me show you what God showed me about this. You see, the Bible's not broken down originally in chapters, verses. It's just written. So you go to Hebrews 12.1. And explains everything in Hebrews 11. Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, whoo, hallelujah, he on the Lord the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are surrounded, according to scriptures, to all the witnesses I begin to read about in Hebrews 11. All the ones that have gone on before us, they are watching us. Is he going to lay everything aside? Come on. Is he going to keep running that race? Says the race that is set before you. I can't run your race. I can't run your race, Bishop. But I got to run the race set before me. Come on. Looking unto Jesus. Trusting and believing that no matter what, he's going to make me and take me through the darkest valley. 
Come on, that's what faith is. Faith is going through COVID-19 and you just keep on believing. You just keep on coming to church. You just keep on paying your tithes. Come on, that's real faith. Then the gift of faith begins to spill out of us, Brother Roland. Getting up in the morning when you're so sad and your heart's so broken. I don't know if I can make it another day. And you get up. Put one foot in front of it. That is what faith is. Giving when you're laid off. Paying your tithes when it doesn't make any sense at all. That's faith. Being faithful to the house of God. No matter what. Because it isn't just about us. You think I'm going to let down my father that traveled this world preaching the gospel after I promised him on his deathbed, I'm going to finish what you started because I'm surrounded by a greater cloud of witnesses. I'm not lightening up on what he preached. I'm going to preach it harder because I'm walking in faith. Come on, I'm going to believe it more because I'm walking in faith. Come on, keep running that race. Everywhere I go, because I'm an evangelist, people walk up and say, you got a word from God for me? I usually go, nope. Go talk to your pastor. Here's your word. Keep walking in faith. God wants to thank you for being faithful through this pandemic. God wants to thank you for keeping on building churches. God wants to thank you that even though it didn't look like the right thing to do, that the world says, shut it down, that you just kept on walking. You just kept on going to the house of God. Come on, everybody else said, no, you better not do that. Where are you tonight? You're in there praising God. You're walking in faith. You're believing. Feel it? Come on, you feel it? All right, now who raised your hand? The doctor said you're sick. Come to the front. Come on, faith is action. Step out. Come on, come to the front. Line up across this front right here. Come on, you're suffering from pain, cancer, diabetes. I don't care what it is, heart disease. God's about to heal you right now. Now cleanse your vessels. Everybody in this building begin to repent and cleanse your vessel. Come on, everybody in this place, cleanse your vessel. Come on, that's it. Spend a moment right here. I want you to look up here. I want you to listen to me. Can you put, is anybody up there to put Romans 12, 3 up? If not, that's fine. Romans 12, 3, we all know one and two. About I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, 
But look at verse 3. For I say, though the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to. In other words, it's not me. It's not you. That then he ought to, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, I'm just going to tell you what that means. That means I take my measure, I put it with his measure. He takes his measure, puts it right here with his. He puts it with his. He puts it with hers. And we go around, we put our measures together, and we get the full measure that we need of faith. That's why the Bible says these signs will follow them and not follow him. Because God expects us to work together as the body. That's why the body, fit not fitly joined together, has, can't do anything. But if the body comes together and we put our faith together, where I'm weak, you'll be strong. Where you're weak, I'll be strong. And God wants us to exercise our faith in this place tonight. He doesn't want you going and say, well, I was at revival with Nick Mahaney. He prayed for me and God healed me. No, the body's gonna pray for the body and the body's gonna help heal the body because these signs will follow them. You are the them. You are the them. Now, if you're standing beside someone that came down to be prayed for, lay your hands on them. Come on, lay your hands on them. Turn around, begin to pray for each other. Come on, we're gonna speak faith. Come on, by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak the word of faith. Come on, tell them, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Come on, lay hands on their head. Come on, lay hands on their head. flow out of you right now. Come on, if you're in the back, move in, begin to pray. Come on, move. Move in the spirit. Let the body begin to pray for the body. Come on, don't let up. Don't let up until it breaks. Come on, until you feel an unction from the Holy Ghost. Come on, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, begin to claim it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I rebuke diabetes in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke high blood pressure. Come on, I rebuke heart disease. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to move in the Holy Ghost. Don't let up. Come on, if that was you, you wouldn't want somebody just praying and letting up.
Come on, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, speak it in other tongues. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, body of Christ. Begin to work. That's it, press through. Don't let up until it changes. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Come on, receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I speak against depression right now and fear and anxiety. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, don't let up. Keep praising him. Come on, keep pressing on. 